everybody. I hate the way I start podcasts, this podcast. I really do. Like, I don't know how to start it. But hey, it's Jen. Welcome back to It's a Wonderful Movie. I'm here with Sada, your other co-host. Hello. Say hello. Yeah, there you go. Hey, us. That was a great introduction. I, it's, it's, I don't know how to, like, I always go, hey, everybody. And I feel like it sounds so awkward. I'm not sure. I have to, I haven't figured it out yet. Maybe I'll just let you introduce from now on. I don't know why yeah. I started. Should we take, <laughs> if you think you're awkward. It's not awkward <laughs> until you say it's awkward. And then you make it awkward by saying it's awkward. Right. We're joined by a producer today. She actually showed up. That's it. Hey, is she, is she still our producer? TBD. She has an announcement to make, apparently. I've den- denoted myself. Is that the right word? Demoted. Demoted. Demo- demoted? Yeah. Demoted myself. To what? Um, frequent guest. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did you this- feel... Why, why demote yourself? Ex- what do you have to say I just yourself? don't really produce anything. No. So I don't know why I'm producer. <laughs> I hate watching movies. This is, I mean, I don't hate it, but it was a little bit of a chore. So I just, you yeah. Know. Well, when we started this whole thing, Sada felt so bad that you didn't have like a role. And honestly, I wasn't expecting you to have a role in this because you don't like movies. And so I was like, okay, let's make her a producer that puts her name on the, on the, you know, on the ballot. Yeah. And yeah. now here we are a month later. You're I no mean, I, I like watching movies, but Sarah's just super into it. So, you know, anyways, I love this movie, actually. Now you have experience for your Bachelor podcast. Yeah. But mm-hmm. most importantly, why are we talking? We have a very special guest today, our friend, Kiana Faravon. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. This is so fun. Mm-hmm. I always knew you guys were my friends who, you know, knew the most about movies, loved them the most. <laughs> So it was just a matter of time. Oh my god, that's right. We would drag you around Oscar season to the theaters. Or just drag you to movies in general, I guess. You and Melody. No, oh, I've just learned and- so much over the years. I can identify, you know, the major actors, the, actress- the actresses, some of the directors even. Quite amazing. Look at you. She's a very loyal friend. She She's seen many Jake Gyllenhaal movies with me. When no one else would, I'd be like, Kiana, you want to go to the movies? Like, all right. <laughs> Do you remember the time you came over to our house and we watched um, Zodiac? And oh we God. were so scared at the end. You made me, wa- you made us walk you down to your car and you made me check the back seat of your car and make sure that no one was there. I mean, at that point, you know, he hadn't been caught. I'm not sure if he's been caught in real life yet. So, and I'm a wimp. So thank you so much for checking my back seat. <laughs> we have to be cautious. We have to be cautious. I, yeah. I check my underneath my car every time I get in now because this is really gruesome. I'm sorry, but you know how they like, to human traffic you know I, oh no I don't so paranoid apparently like they hide under your cars and they slit your uh, <gasps> ankles sorry super graphic oh my god but it, it's it's really peaked in orange county so whenever i'm alone like i'll look at me wait a second <laughs> did you see did you learn this on tiktok no okay. i saw this, i saw this on twitter and instagram okay i'm and you know yeah Wow. I mean, well, we didn't want to bum you guys out today. So thank you for that. Yeah. We picked a I'm really so happy sorry. movie for this for this episode. We picked the movie Chef. Yes, you know, we did. thought we'd go with something uplifting after a depressing, um, you know, just, just the week, the year that 2020 has been. And that's the only yeah. time I'm going to mention what 2020 has been this episode. Mm-hmm. I bring it up a lot. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, it's fine because I've been listening back. You bring up 2020 and being Lebanese a lot, obviously. <laughs> Me, every episode we've done, I always go, this person's my favorite actor. This person's my favorite director. <laughs> I have to live it myself. So that is my vow from here on out. I won't. I'm passionate. <laughs> what can we say? It's better to love than to hate. Right? Thank you. Yeah, oh, there you go. All right. So the movie we're doing today is Chef. It dropped in 2014 and it was uh, directed by John Favreau. You might have seen him in, uh, well, first, he was Monica's boyfriend in Friends. He was a wrestler, some kind of weird wrestler thing that didn't work out. Um, and then he eventually went on to be part of the Marvel Universe. He's directed, uh, I think, Iron Man 2. Is that the only one he's directed? No, Iron Man, the first Iron Man. In a, in one and I- two. One and two, yeah. Yeah, he's done Elf. Yeah. He did The Lion King and The Jungle Book. He, wasn't he also involved in, God, what's the Disney Plus show? Oh, he's oh. directed a couple episodes of Mandalorian. Yes. I think yes. he's even more than a director. I think he was like one of the creators of the show. But but so yeah, he this guy has a resume, all around talented guy. And then he brought us Chef in 2014. So I'll give you a brief overview. Chef Carl, John Favreau's character, quits his job at a prominent LA restaurant after refusing to compromise his creative integrity for its controlling owner, played by Dustin Hoffman resulting in a public feud with a critic who came to his restaurant and basically tore apart his, uh, his dinner, you know, uh, tore apart Carl as a chef. Um, and then they had a viral moment, uh, you know, at the restaurant, Carl kind of has a public meltdown and it's recorded and it becomes viral on the internet. So he's fired from the restaurant and he's left to figure out what's next for himself. And he finds himself in Miami where he teams up with his ex-wife, Inez, played Sofia Vergara, by Sofia Vergara his friend Martin um, and his son Percy and they launch a Cuban food truck and then they basically drive the food truck back to LA stopping in places along, um, you know, in the U S and he goes, he goes back to his roots to reignite his passion for the kitchen and zest for life and love. And that's my overview taken directly from the internet. Of course. So, uh, I was going to say that was an amazing overview. Shut it. You're compromising the integrity of this show. Is that the wannabe journalist feature? Maybe. Yeah. That, was, that was for about a week, okay? Do I have integrity? Do, do I? Come on. Come on. Well. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Kiana. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I love this movie. This movie was my pick. I think it's just, you know, lighthearted, fun to watch. And anyone who knows me, I love watching food shows. I love watching any, like, I just love watching people cook. Ina Garten, she's right up there. I've seen like probably every episode of Beat Bobby Flay, <laughs> maybe more than a few episodes, more than once. <laughs> Anthony Bourdain's food traveling shows. I, I love it. I love that this was a movie where I could watch people cook and there was a cute little story to go mm-hmm. along with it. Yeah. Kiana, what did you think? It was your first time watching it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was my first time after years of wonderful glowing reviews from my friends. Um, <laughs> I finally had to, you know, Sit down and watch it was so good uh just an overall opinion the food all looked really good that was you know the central theme of the movie mm-hmm. in terms of just uh, recurring things also just like a sucker for a story with a happy ending mm-hmm. and this film definitely really delivered on that and i really yeah overall i really enjoyed the movie i thought the story was great I really liked most of the characters. I felt indifferent toward a couple of them, but <laughs> overall, I would say I'm a fan. 
I really like this movie. I was really shocked when we were watching it because Sarah always chooses like heavier movies. But this one was so lighthearted and it was such a fun little movie. So I really liked it. Well, this um, was my pick. That's why. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I don't only watch depressing movies. Not depressing. I that. Heavy, long storylines. Like okay. it's just like a super complicated, yeah. you know. This is, it's, it really is like one of the things I wrote down watching it, like the music throughout the cinematography, mm-hmm. just it, everything about it is light and bright. And it's just, yeah. I don't know why feel good, feel good movies just work. And it doesn't feel like it's too cheesy either at the same time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it did that. Well. It's one of the most yeah. rewatchable movies I think we've done. It, it's yeah. something you can have on in the background. Mm-hmm. I think it's nice. Exactly. Yeah. Again, yeah. like you were saying, I didn't find it to be cheesy at all. I thought it was like a very real story mm-hmm. that a lot of people can probably relate to, especially in terms of like the relationships and all that stuff. So, Absolutely. yeah. Well, actually, that's interesting that you bring that up. This is kind of going to be like one of my trivia points later. But um, so, like, this movie resulted in a spinoff show on Netflix called The Chef Show with Roy Choi and. Um, Favreau together I'll get into who Roy Choi is later but they were so basically they go around and they cook in different places they cook together and things like that just two buds having a good time but they they um did an episode in Atlanta and they're at one restaurant and the chef comes up to him he's like you read this movie reignited my like love for cooking I like went through what Mm. your character went through and then pulled away from the kitchen and then like I went back and it isn't yeah. that what's weird about you wouldn't think of like chefs and their profession as being super hardcore or cutthroat, but it somehow is. Mm-hmm. Like there are a lot of movies about that, the kind of tension within cooking and all that and how chefs are really like, like a lot of them go through a bunch of problems and it's a whole, I don't know. I just wouldn't have thought it's a hard profession in that sense, you know? But, I think it's because you can't be mediocre to succeed as a, as a chef. That's true. To make a name for yourself. Yeah. yeah. To make an, you have to be really, really good. So. I mean, is the barefoot contestant mediocre? No. 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 I mean. But she did her yeah. time in the kitchen. Exactly. <laughs> And you also have to have a really natural thing for it. It's not something that you can just work to improve. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. In Ratatouille, what is the gusto? He says everyone, everyone can cook. <laughs> anyone can cook. Anyone. It's true. But I think he also says not everyone can be a great chef or artist or something like well, that. Well, Remy the rat goes, yeah, everyone can cook doesn't mean everyone should. So it's up to, you know. That's the takeaway here. What's the takeaway from the movie? I don't know. We'll do Ratatouille in a different episode. Oh, God. So do you have to be a foodie to like this movie? Is it enjoyable to everyone? What do we think? I personally don't think so. I think that uh, there's enough of a storyline and a flow to the movie that anyone can enjoy it. I felt just like really happy afterwards watching it. And admittedly, mm-hmm. I am a foodie. I do enjoy good food. But um, yeah, the story was great. Yeah. But you've also lived in like one of the best food cities on earth, you know, like being in New York, I feel like you're probably your appreciation for food just grew so much, you know, and then obviously being at home, like your mother's food, like it's not, you know, you're Iranian. So your food at home is also delicious. And I don't think you have to be a foodie either. I think there's something even like you don't have to be someone who loves food to appreciate the way it's used in movies either. It's kind of like the food is presented as art in a sense when you're seeing them put things together. Um, and I mean, who isn't a foodie? Like, I'm really confused. Who doesn't <laughs> look at his grilled cheese and like pasta and be like, oh my God. Like, I'm concerned. Yeah. You know? You're concerned. Yeah. Let us I know mean, if you weren't <laughs> amused by the, the grilled cheese and the pasta. <laughs> yeah. There are people who just eat to survive. They don't eat to live. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I, I, do we know these people? I don't know, but they're there. Mm. They're not my type of people then. 
Wow. I, well, I, they don't naturally attract to me because I don't know anyone that's like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, one of the interesting things about this movie I thought was like social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, I, first of all, I love that the adults don't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> like the, I have like some quotes written down where, you know, Percy is setting up his dad's Twitter account and he goes, okay, so what do you want your username to be? And Carl goes, Carl. And he goes, you can't just put Carl. It has to be at something. And so he goes at Carl Casper. And then he goes, that's, you know, his son goes, that's taken. And then Carl goes, somebody took my name. (laughs) And so then they come up with a different username. And then he's like, so what is Twitter for? Is this for sex? He's asking his son this, his Mm 10-year-old son, Percy. Yeah. It's interesting how the movie doesn't shy away from using the internet. Because I feel like a lot of films do. They show like maybe the negative aspects of social media. Whereas this really celebrates it. Yeah. Celebrates well, it, but it also shows it was funny to me, like the how he didn't understand the viral video part. I know mm-hmm. I'm kind of jumping ahead, but it's social media really is interesting and it really showcases that. Yeah, what people gravitate towards. Yeah. And- yeah, the social media commentary is actually very interesting because at the end of the movie, when Carl is talking to the food critic after he enjoyed his food from his food truck, he was like, Hey man, like um they basically just had a miscommunication over Twitter. Like he thought he was mm-hmm. DMing him and the other guy thought it was just banter for like publicity. And mm-hmm. they like don't even know how it all snowballed into like a fight that went viral. So I just thought that that was an interesting sort of facet of the whole social media commentary yeah. in the movie. Yeah, it's just a bunch of people online misunderstanding each other and getting into arguments. That's true. And also, God, yeah. that there's this one line I wrote down where one of um, Carl's friends, I forgot his name, but one of the chefs, not Martin, the other chef. Oh, the other one. Yeah. On the internet, half the people are saying you're right, half the people are saying you're wrong. That's the fucking internet, bro. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, that really is. Like, it's fast forward <laughs> to today. It's absolutely what it is. You just, like, either find what you want to listen to and only, like, follow certain people on the internet or... It's just a bunch of people disagreeing over the smallest things, you know? And I thought it was interesting, like, he's commenting on, like, a lot of stuff that's the reality of it, right? Adults don't get social media. And he also was, like, kind of saying, like, it's so easy to go viral and, like, find success. But the reality is, I mean, everyone, I'm sure, is talented. But it's, like, a lot of influencers. Like, here, mm-hmm. I look pretty in this picture. But, like, Carl is actually, like, talented it was yeah. like luck and he actually has the chops behind like his viral success in the mm-hmm. end mm-hmm. but i could have done without the whole uh tweets showing up on the actual screen like you know like you know what i mean <laughs> like they're floating off into space i could have done without the whole visual yeah i didn't I even know. remember that she didn't remember it maybe it's not it's necessary sound. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so john john favreau the actor is it believable is he good? It doesn't really oh, matter. <laughs> you don't think, do you not think he's a good actor? I mean, I think as a director, like, he fucking kills it. I love this movie. Like, you were saying the visuals. Like, it's, like, heavy on the visuals. It sells. Like, the star power is great. It's not overwhelming. There's all mm-hmm. this great stuff, which we'll get down to, like, get to down the road. But is he, is he, he- a good actor? He surrounds himself with people who are either, like you're saying, like Scarlett Johansson, Robert Downey Jr., Sofia Vergara, or people who are very natural on screen. But I had the opposite response. I like him as an actor, but I actually wrote down, I was like, is Favreau distinctive as a filmmaker? When you watch his movies, they're usually good. Like, I feel bad he's, he's always very solid when he's making a movie, but do you ever really think that it's his movie? Are you thinking about him? Like, when I'm watching yeah. Iron Man, I'm thinking about Robert Downey Jr. usually. I'm not yeah. thinking about 
the guy who really kicked off the Marvel universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it synonymous yeah, so no one with John Favreau? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Leila's right. I mean, I feel like maybe that's why he made this movie to try to be like to have something synonymous with his name, but then it kind of mm-hmm. like just reminds me of Roy Choi every time I think of Chef. I don't know, Kiana. Do you think like when we read to you the list of his movies? Do you think like he's a really special filmmaker? Is there something that stands out? I mean, I enjoyed Iron Man um, and I enjoyed this. I don't have too much knowledge on his sort of like background uh, in filmmaking and all of that good stuff. But, you know, for this movie, I feel like he embodied the character well. Like I looked at him and I was like, oh, he looks like a chef. He did. Mm-hmm. gave me that vibe when he was wearing that red bandana on the mm-hmm. food truck. I was like, he kind of looks like Guy Fieri. I don't know. Just like yeah. the, his mannerisms, <laughs> it's pretty consistent with what I would assume a chef would be like. Again, I don't have too much insight about his filmmaking career. No, that's a good point though, because there, that's a big thing, right, Jenna? Like Roy Choi is the guy who basically yeah. helped Favreau become a good cook for the movie and guided all the food stuff. And he talks about, Roy Choi often talks about how when he watches movies about food, he's either bothered by how they're making the food or bothered by people who are playing chefs, that they're not believable. That's a good point. You do believe that Favreau would know how to cook in real life. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was that was the most convincing parts for me of him, like when he was cooking. But like the other, like when he had like his meltdown in the restaurant, I felt he was kind of overacting. He's like, it hurts. It fucking hurts. And I'm yeah. like, like, fuck, relax. Like we get it. Like he said it more, you know, multiple times. Yeah. But to me, that's more of the character than his acting, you mm. know, like that meltdown was like, his character not being able to really, I we'll get into that later. But anyways, yeah, um, Layla had issues with the character, yeah, throughout but, the movie. But no, I thought he was a good actor. Hmm. I thought he played the part really well, so yeah. I enjoyed him. Okay, so one thing I forgot about this movie is that like all of all like all the star power in this movie that just make they just make like little appearances. We had Dustin Hoffman, Scar jo, Scarlett Johansson, Sofia Vergara, RDJ, you know Robert Downey Jr all these people and then bobby cavanaugh right as as tony mm-hmm. um yes they yes. all they were all in it like it was like all of his friends like there's a there's a you guys remember in the office when michael's like hey like i think he was talking about his movie michael scott <laughs> <laughs> and he was like this third level midnight yeah he was like this isn't like some movie where all of our friends got together like oceans 11 and we just wanted to have fun <laughs> but i felt like that's what this movie was <laughs> It is, but it, but those movies work. I mean, first yeah. of all, Threat Level Midnight is Kiana's favorite movie, so let's <laughs> just acknowledge that. Wait, yeah. is there a way we can watch it in its entirety online? Does that exist, Kiana? I have no idea. There's like, there's just as much as they showed on the show, mm. to my okay. knowledge. And yeah, you can find clips of that online. We can watch that okay. together. Maybe <laughs> make an episode about it. We could do a whole episode on Threat Level Midnight. I think that would be great. Well, okay. If we're all making movies and we just want to put like three other people we really like, like actor-wise, who do you guys yeah. choose? What's your dream cast? Ooh. I can't even oh think of three actors. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so bad at knowing names. I don't know who I'd pick either. That's a really big question. Oh, okay. Oh wow. Well, there's already movies with them. Go. She remembered. Okay. This remembered the names. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. Oh, Chris Evans. Sorry. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that guy from Crazy Rich Asians. Henry Golding. Henry Golding. Wow. Yeah. All right. That's an interesting <laughs> I don't know cast. Why. 
There's a woman, there's an Asian man, it's diverse, I guess. Oh my god, it's diverse. <laughs> oh, and the guy who plays um the Wakandan what's his name? Oh, Chadwick Boseman. Yes, Chadwick Boseman. He's really go. hot. Uh Kiana, do you have a cast? Just off the top of my head. Uh Robert Pattinson, Daniel Craig, mm. and Logan Lerman. I feel like it's a it's a weird match, a lot of chaotic energy. Well, I like that. <laughs> You're right. Chaotic a energy. A lot of chaotic male energy. Interesting. For sure. God, this is a tough. You know, Christian Bale, Chris Evans. Let me, let me pick some chick. Chris Who's, Pine. Who's, all no, the Chrises. All the Chrises in one movie. Oh, I guess Christian Bale could go by Chris, huh? Yeah. But he chose better. <laughs> he chose not to fall into the trap. Who's a, who's a female actress that I love? Who do I love? Throw in Lisa like, Rinna from Beverly Hills. Why the hell not? Oh <laughs> Put her God. in a movie. <laughs> she is technically an act- actress. <laughs> Who would I pick? I would probably pick Michael Shannon, um, Jeff Goldblum. Who else would I pick? Maybe Steve Carell. I think that would be a really okay. funny movie. I'd want to just see them work and do their thing. But yeah, a lot, a lot of star power. And I think like it could have gone horribly wrong, right? But every actor didn't like overdo it. Especially mm-hmm. RDJ. Like, I mean, his was like the most charming bit. It's one of my favorite scenes, but like he could have really just, you know, stolen the show, like overdone it, overacted, like done a lot of things to make it about mm-hmm. him. And it, it just nothing was overdone. It was nice. I thought it was I thought it was really well. He should yeah. all for some reason, but he is the only one who can pull off his shtick. Like anyone mm-hmm. else tries to do it, they would definitely be overacting. But with him, yeah. it's just part of his charisma. Yeah. yeah. Well he has a off as insincere if somebody else tried to do that yes. <laughs> but for some reason yeah. we're like yeah give us more of that <laughs> give me two hours of that <laughs> i wouldn't have minded if he popped up in the movie like later on like if he just they found him at a you know he just popped by the the truck i wouldn't have minded it yeah so all right let's i guess let's just dive into our favorite scenes kiana do you want to start us off yeah sure uh my personal favorite scene is when Carl and his son Percy are getting beignets in New Orleans mm. and Percy asks his dad if you know he needed to get some more groceries while they were out mm. and Carl just looks at him and says no I just wanted to get a beignet with my son and oh. uh, I definitely cried it was probably <laughs> yeah I thought it was the cutest scene in the movie um, just because the whole story um, starting at the farmer's market when they go out together when they haven't bonded as much they're not as close and Carl says, okay, I'll take you to New Orleans, sort of like offhandedly, not really committing to anything, and then ends up not following through on that promise later on in the movie. Um, Just seeing all of that sort of come together after they've gone on this road trip together, it's just really heartwarming. I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. It moved you to tears. It did. It really did. It's not too hard (laughs) to move me to tears during a movie, but (laughs) what's the most unexpected movie you've cried at? Is it the One Direction documentary? You know, I'm not at liberty to say. I'd rather not answer this question. Yes, I'm so sorry. You're on a podcast. You didn't sign a contract here and nothing's off limit. It's true. It's true. I should have, you know, covered my bases better. But damn. Our producer. Whatever you'd like. Our producer will put a stop to this. You plead the fifth. She's not a producer anymore, remember? We have no producer. I'm promoting myself. She's oh, she hold on, folks, hold on. Sorry, (laughs) breaking news. She's promoting herself once again. Executive producer. (laughs) Executive. (laughs) Welcome back. 
Thank you. All right. All right. Okay. And um, on that note, I'll share my favorite scene as the executive yeah. producer. The pasta scene. Oh my god. Just the vibes in that scene, guys. Mm-hmm. Like the the pasta and the angle, and she's like sitting on the bed looking at him. Our dad was like, it was really funny. He's like, she's getting turned on by him making pasta, and I was like, Dad, oh my god. <laughs> no that's hold on i was trying to explain to mom she's like what's happening in this scene i was like it's really sensual i was trying to find the right word and dad was like ranya she's getting turned on from the boss (laughs) (laughs) thank you for contextualizing the quote (laughs) i could have done without her in the on the bed pantless like making the sexy eyes at him i wrote that down i could have done without it okay i have two okay two points about this so one it's interesting how favreau casts for himself his two love interests are probably two of the most objectified women in Hollywood, Scarlett Johansson and Sofia Vergara. So he's very bold and like, let me cast the two honest women. If, you know, they're both in love with me. Secondly, isn't the whole point of the scene though that it's not about her wanting to be with like, it's not about them having sex per se, but it's about her and the food. It's like her relationship with the food. Not even her, it's, it's showing the food is so beautiful, no one can resist. Yeah. You know? So is it bad that she's kind of like, obviously they're sexualizing her in that scene, but it's not yeah. necessarily about her. But the whole dynamic of her even being in the movie is interesting, so. Yeah. I mean, he didn't sexualize Sofia Vergara. Yeah, but. <sighs> Which yeah, was interesting, but he did with ScarJo. It was just a very blatant way to sexualize her. She didn't need to be pantless. I, th- I just, I just yeah. didn't. I, I could have done without it. Even in Iron Man 2, Black Widow's presentation in that movie is probably the most shallow presentation she gets. She's like really playing a sexy secretary in that movie. And he directed that movie too. So I don't, I mean, oh. maybe there, maybe we should look at how he, how he presents female characters. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it's I an mean, interesting topic. Maybe he just has a crush on her because like Jenna said. We but didn't... does that make it okay? No, no, of course not. But Layla's fine with it because she thinks ScarJo is very hot. Oh, I'm yeah. not fine with it. I that's a good thing. Honestly, I'm a bad person. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> like I didn't think like, oh, she's sexualizing. I actually wish they never slept together because then they could have had a really sweet friendship that just didn't make me. Really well, I think it is still like a friendship. It mm-hmm. is, but why you gotta go complicated with sex? You know, what I don't do you think, think it Kiana? does though. Yeah. Should it be platonic or is it okay that it's romance? No, I think that it would be interesting to see what the story would have been like if it was a platonic friendship. Um, but I personally, I don't think that um, the narrative was driven forward too much by Scarlett Johansson's character or enough so that it would have made a huge, huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just my take. That's a good point. Maybe we don't have to. Maybe it's it's harmless and we're... yeah. But you let me ask you guys this. It. How cute would it have been if she played like the best best friend role who was kind of like pushing him in a way? You know what I mean? I don't know. But I don't think they have a romantic I think they just have sex. I don't think they have like deep feelings for each other. I think it's well, just. Well, duh, but that kind of bugs me. Like he just like, like it just made me feel like it was like unfinished. Like it was cheap. Yeah. No, but she, didn't she tell him like, you need to go do what you like you have to do, right? She. That's At the end of the point. day, she is the one pushing yeah. him kind of in the right direction in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. I don't mean to say like he oversexualized her and he's like should be taken down, like, you know, mm-hmm. screw the man. I just I just felt uncomfortable watching Scarlett Johansson make these eyes and I didn't like it. <laughs> That's just, fair. That's fair. Yeah. I don't know if any men will agree with you, but carry on. <laughs> All Do right. you have any other favorite scenes, Lena? All right. Oh, the scene funny. about the cornstarch was kind of funny. 
Oh, that was another weird moment. <laughs> that was a weird Maybe. moment. Boys being boys. Is yeah. that what that scene is? I mean, if you watch a movie in the sense of, does this scene need to be here or doesn't it? It probably doesn't. But it's also another harmless scene. Yeah, I think. it's just funny and lighthearted. Yeah. 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 Just another way to bond with the sun, I guess. Mm-hmm. I Good guess point. So. <laughs> My... right, what are your favorite scenes? Okay, I have two. My all-time favorite scene is the grilled cheese scene. There's just... So I'm making iconic. this grilled cheese tonight. I'm making it for dinner tonight. There's just, you I are? wrote down no words. I am for me and Layla. Yeah. Sorry, Shana, you're not, in on you're not included. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's just the best. I don't know. I mean, I want to have a conversation later whether or not this is the best food movie that we've seen in a while. But I think this scene puts it in that, com- this movie in that conversation. So I love it. Yeah. I was watching a couple episodes of the chef show on Netflix today and John Favreau was saying that like to this day, you know, here we are 2020. Um, he still gets like tweeted at they, that. So that show came out in 2019. He still gets tweets from people about the making grilled cheese and like how iconic that scene was. Like it's yeah. become very much part, you know, it's one of the most iconic moments of this movie. I actually, so this is just a little bit of a story. My friend called me when I was about to go to Trader Joe's with Sarah to get really, we wanted to get some fancy cheeses for our grilled cheese. And I told her, I was like, we watched this movie called Chef and I'm going to go get grilled cheese. And she went to Trader Joe's and got grilled cheese. I inspired her. So it just has a chain effect, you know? (laughs) This movie is changing lives. (laughs) They're uniting. Exactly. In a very divisive time. It is (laughs) us together, does it It not? That's why we like watching people cook so much. Yeah. 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 Um, my second favorite scene is the, I'll say, I like, I like this whole movie. I really do. But I really like the critic Casper scene because just the way that chef, the chef walks in and the critics sitting like just each, each dish that comes out to him as he's sitting in the restaurant, he's like more and more disappointed as each dish comes out. And you just see chef Casper walk in and go on the rant about the lava cake. And you also see like Dustin Hoffman and that's like, it's just, it's a, it's, such a good entertaining scene i don't know yeah it made well me done. really uncomfortable but it was funny yeah you know nada was nada just thinks the sky's an ass she doesn't who like the critic ass. no the main character <gasps> i know I just, <laughs> can, I, can i talk about this now i just feel like he isn't super reflective on his actions like he's just like a little pouty baby and he doesn't think about anything like I don't, he just bothers me. He's not super patient, whatever, but he makes amazing grilled cheese, so. (laughs) Yeah, I think until the end of the movie, when he was finally sitting down to watch that video that his son made of their, like, Mm -hmm. road trip and the summer together, I felt the same way, but I feel like after that, maybe something in him, maybe some sort of switch, you know, turned on, and he was like, wait a minute, like, I care about my family, and I'm a a good guy. Let me make some good decisions. Um, But yeah. Before that, definitely agree. That's a good yeah. point. So That's you you point. do feel like he redeems himself, though? Yeah, but it doesn't mean I wasn't annoyed for the most of the movie. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, I That's mean, true. he's supposed to, like, grow, right? Like, in the end, he gets things Character back. arc. The rest- yeah, it's a mm-hmm. character arc. He gets his restaurant. He marries Sofia Vergara again. Like, mm-hmm. he's supposed yeah. to develop as a man. And <laughs> it comes full circle, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, can I guys ask you a question about... Wait. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to ask... Do you think when you get remarried to someone, would if you get a divorce and they're going to remarry the same person, will you have another wedding? Oh, well, they did. 
I know. Would you that, though? Oh, you mean when this happens wedding? to me when I yeah. when I get married and then I get divorced and then I remarry? Well, so we know person? you're gonna have at least a couple divorces. So <laughs> you haven't <laughs> lived. You haven't lived till you've had a couple. Apparently, yeah. um, I don't even know if I want like a huge wedding to begin with. I love the ideas of like cute little weddings, so I would just do what they do, just have one in my restaurant because eventually yeah. I'm gonna have a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about you, Kiana? Would you have a second big bash? Um, if it's the same person, maybe it would be a little bit smaller, a little bit more mm-hmm. intimate. It's like I wouldn't make everybody come back, you know, for the same show kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, if it was a different person, probably a different story. But I guess yeah. we'll have to wait and see. Uh-huh. I can't wait till we're all divorced and we're still doing this twenty years from now. Exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll play Bright back. Future. We'll play back clips from this episode. <laughs> like, oh, we're so young you'll play it at your second wedding <laughs> oh man uh, yeah. but yeah my favorite seeds we've kind of touched on everything i know i've criticized you know carl cooking for scarjo but i mean just watching him cooking like any scenes of him cooking i just i are amazing mm-hmm. um and then i also criticized this scene slightly with carl overacting but i you know when he has his meltdown in the restaurant but i love it when he grabs the chocolate cake off the critic's plate yeah. he's like it's molten and then he grabs it from the other person's table he's like see it's molten. he's like having it was just really funny i thought that was really funny um one thing i'm surprised we didn't no one said was uh his scene with robert downey jr when he gives yes. him the food truck i thought it was just it's just robert downey's jr like his charisma it didn't have to like go down this way probably not but it was just still good their banter like we know like it's clear that there's like they're good friends with like a history and i don't know yeah it was nice to see him on screen together it feels like rdj just comes onto set and like ignores the script and says i'm just gonna i'll talk for a couple minutes and then we'll just kind of go from there (laughs) and you film it that's that's what i assume happens yeah i i enjoyed that scene i thought it was funny it was lighthearted. Um, I am still a little bit unclear as to what his exact <laughs> occupation is. No. I know, I think it's in construction, but then I'm not sure how the food truck came into play, why he just had it laying around. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good point. I never even thought, I mean, I never thought about it, you know? I'm what, not sure what, what he off- does or yeah. Sofia Vergara. What do they both yeah, do? <laughs> I agree. They have but a Sophia lot of meetings. Sofia Vergara has a publicist. Yeah, a publicist. And well, the actress okay. always plays the publicist or like a book <laughs> editor or something. <laughs> oh, Amy Sedaris? Yeah, she's in Jack her? Horseman. She's um, Princess Carolyn, who's also like uh, works with famous people. And no um, way, really? Mm-hmm. That's funny. There you go. Yeah. Um, I would like to say, I feel like all the characters in the movie, because you guys were talking about this with Robert Downey Jr., I feel like they all have such good chemistry with each other mm. like mm-hmm. um scarlett johansson and whatever his name is carl or whatever john favreau well in the movie with oh carl carl casper, carl casper. Yeah. um they have really good chemistry and he has good chemistry with rdj i don't know i just and even when sofia vergara mm-hmm. just all have great chemistry part of the magic of what makes feel good movies work it relies mm-hmm. a lot on the actors it's yes. like you brought up oceans 11 that's another good example um I'm like, can't really think of more off the top of my head, but there are movies like this where you just like, it's nice to just see a certain group of people together talking for a couple hours, you know? Yeah. And then my last favorite moment, uh, the one, you know, Kiana mentioned it briefly. 
I hope I'm hoping it'll move her to tears again. Just be bringing it up right now. <laughs> the video montage, the one minute, the one second uh, video montage that his son put together it was just so cute. The one thing that did drive me crazy though is like at one point in this in the movie, we're watching it on an iPhone, right? And it's like it's like just the iPhone is just like kind of plastered on the screen, and yeah. it looks like <laughs> when you're watching the video montage, it doesn't even look like you're actually watching it on an iPhone. Mm-hmm. It's just when movies try to like show you like a video on a like a different device, it never looks real. Yeah. <laughs> this was so like like they make you think that John Favreau is like holding the phone the whole time, and he's not moving, but yeah, he, it's not him. No, something it's- else. I also love that scene a lot. Something that kind of bothered me was that. Um, it was supposed to be like a one second every day kind of thing, but a lot of the scenes were like, you know, three of them would be from the same day. They'd be wearing the same clothes, doing the, you know, different things though. I don't know. I just thought that was funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If we're talking about things that bothered us, I mean, would you ever name your kid Percy? I was thinking about that when they kept saying it on the truck. I was like, this kid has the name of an adult. <laughs> I just don't really. You think when you think Percy, you think adult. I think a I cat, think it's like a grown up. Oh. I, I don't think know. Like Greek mythology is that short for like Perseus? I'm not really. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, where is it from? Why are we doing it? I don't know. I think I. I'm sorry to all of our listeners named Percy. I just feel that we should, you know, we should examine this, <laughs> unpack it, if you will. Unpack it. Let's discuss it. <laughs> We only move forward if we discuss, you know? Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Any other favorite notable movie moments throughout? All right. Let's dive into our MVPs, LVPs, and a couple other things that we do around this time. My MVPs, I have Percy. I think he puts up with a lot of shit. Oh, that's (laughs) a good good one. And just seeing him on the food truck is so cute. What 10-year-olds can actually, like, pull it off? Mm -hmm. Um, I like Martin. I thought he was fun. A good, a good, good addition. Um, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. LVPs, uh, Carl. But that just goes to uh, John Favreau's acting. I don't know. For me, it's not the best. But I still love this movie. And it doesn't it's really so matter weird. if he's good you or not. Love, you love John Favreau so much. I'm shocked that just in general as a person, I feel like you like him yeah. a lot. So I'm I shocked do. you have him as an LVP. I mean... I mean, there weren't a lot of losses for me here, but okay. uh, Dustin Hoffman was mean, so I don't... He's an LVP. He was mean. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> understand the artist that is a no. chef. I actually no. feel for him. They just sympathize. I sympathize because as an owner of a restaurant, you want to be selling dishes. You don't want to have dishes go to waste. Like, it's his job. It's his... But he didn't even let him try. He gave him a couple, sh- whatever, whatever, whatever. Jana, <laughs> Layla, whatever. Layla sympathizes with corporate America. That's her stance. Who's going to make me sound like a Republican? <laughs> we, have to, we have to cut that out or cause it told us we're too political. <laughs> no, I think we keep it in. Like, no, no, you have to keep that in. Come okay, on. I don't know. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> all right kyoto your mvps lvps who who what are your yes, vibes of course and also vibe. if you don't mind tell us how you look at look at them you know how do you because i go mvps who was nice who made me happy lvps who made who was mean Sada looks at it with a more critical eye so <laughs> uh, for me personally uh i looked at it sort of through a sports lens uh mm. you know oh. re most valuable player least valuable player um, who contributed the most to like the narrative and mm-hmm. who just kind of wasn't the best and didn't really play too big of a part. 
um, you know, respectively. So my, and I only picked one for each category. Nice. Um, I really put some thought into this. Ooh. <laughs> wow. So my MVP was Percy. I loved mm-hmm. his character from the scene in the farmer's market at the start of the film and just throughout the movie. Uh, he was just so central and he was one of the main reasons why I enjoyed the movie. Are you getting emotional? Excuse me, I had to cough. <laughs> oh, I thought she was going to start crying. I'm having this weird cough thing today. It's, it's not COVID. It's not <laughs> so COVID. COVID. No. But we're also right. not in the same room. I would like everyone to know that. Yes, this is my couch. I'm sorry. He was one of the reasons why I enjoyed the movie. Also, just at 10 years old, like Jenna was saying before, he seemed very like precocious and just comfortable mm. talking about his feelings. Mm. Um, he was... I'd say probably more emotionally intelligent than Carl, even though he was yeah. so much younger than him. He was also the one who got his dad started on Twitter, and then he kept the fan base engaged with the food truck as they, like, drove around with it. So I think, yeah, I think he was, you know, the most valuable player just for the narrative, whereas the other characters didn't really contribute too much to the business yeah. aspect. And then my LVP, or least valuable player, was Tony. I don't know. I just didn't right. really get a good vibe from him. He showed up yeah. late to work. Um, I don't he think was he drunk was the best he showed up. friend. Yeah. Um, he didn't seem to be too loyal of a friend. I mean, it's understandable to feel conflicted when you're in that position where you could be promoted, but your friend is like leaving. But he didn't really play a role after, you know, Carl left, not as a friend, not really as anything else. So I think he was not very valuable. I, I agree with all of it, especially the stuff about Percy. I think like, especially when you think about movies, it's hard to get the kid character right. Sometimes they can be annoying. Sometimes it's like, I don't know, the acting, it's like a combination of the acting and then how the character is written. But there's a really nice balance with that character throughout the movie. Yeah. You okay, go? so my most valuable players, I look at them as who doesn't bug me and who does bug me. Okay. <laughs> so um, I love Inez. Shock no one said yes. her. She's such oh, yeah. an amazing character. She I love Sofia Vergara. She's just such a bad bitch. Love her. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, so she's one of my MVPs. And then Percy, too, of course. Agree with Kiana hundred percent. Super mature. He's literally more mature than his father. Whatever. And then my LVP is Carl. Yeah. <laughs> Carl. 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 <laughs> yeah. For obvious reasons. Mm. You want me tell to tell us, you? Layla, tell us why he bugged you, Layla. He bugs me because he's not, I said this earlier, he doesn't reflect on himself ever. It's always, like, until that scene at the end where he calls his son, he just bugged me throughout the movie. I'm like, grow up, mm. realize what you're doing wrong, and, you know, maybe losing your crap on a critic isn't going to help you out. Try to improve, blah, blah. I don't know. He just bugs me. Some things you can't explain. Yeah. You don't have to like everyone. Yeah. My MVPs, Martin, the sous chef slash friend. What a loyal guy this is. He just mm-hmm. drops his job to work on a food truck with a salary of zero. I mean, is he is he too loyal? Is it convincing? <laughs> I mean, he really believes in it. I don't know yeah. if Carl deserves him as a friend, but yeah. I would do that for you. Aww. Oh wow! Think, yeah. Would you do it for Jenna? Aww. It would take a lot more heavy. She didn't get rid of a cat for me. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I think Carl, as a father figure, is probably more so one, like, when you're working alongside with him as a chef than he is an actual Mm. father. Oh, that's a good way to put it. That's interesting. Yeah. My second MVP is RDJ, because he shows up for five minutes and we're still talking about it. You know what I mean? Like, not every actor can do that. And then lastly, the grilled cheese and Scarlet's pasta. They're very important <laughs> players in this movie. 
And shockingly, I don't have any LVPs. The There's Cuban no sandwich is an, also an Cuban MVP. Cuban sandwich is good. Yeah. 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 But no LVPs for me. I'm pretty okay with everything. So optimistic I'm of very you. optimistic. I'm so <laughs> you see what it took? One movie. One movie. We've changed her. <laughs> I'm an optimist now. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Bechdel test. Kiana said, uh, you mentioned that you have some like additional insight. We would love to hear it. Um, I think Leda's already forgotten what this is. So that would no, be good to No, I know what it is. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I would love to sort of give you my thoughts on this. So mm-hmm. based on my little understanding of film and what it, you know, can strive to be when it's at its best, um, this film kind of passed the Bechdel test in my vision just because Mm. there were two women who were at least semi-important to the plot in my eyes and they had names um but they weren't really developed too much as characters Mm -hmm. they never spoke to each other but they definitely Mm -hmm. helped push the story forward and they sort of Mm. helped to provide context for Carl and sort of background for why he is the way he is um and helped in his decision making But the one thing that sort of pushes me away from, you know, giving them this movie a passing sort of grade, so to Mm -hmm. speak, is that the two um, women in this film seem to only care about what was best for Carl. And we didn't get too much about them as individual characters. Like we were speaking earlier about how we're not even sure what Sofia Vergara's character Inez, what her job really was. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's just my two cents on that. Yeah. No, it's a great, I mean, we talk often about whether or not a movie is using their female characters correctly. And I mean, the biggest mistake a movie can make is when they make the female characters, where they use them purely as a plot device to drive forward a male story. And while the characters here seem relevant and they seem thoughtful, they're also there basically, like you're saying, to just kind of drive Carl's story forward. Yeah. And there's room to have multiple stories. It doesn't just have to be about Carl, you know, and in that relationship, but mm-hmm. yeah. I also think that it may have been sort of on second reflection, it may have been some sort of a commentary on like the culinary world and how it's male dominated and all of that stuff, but I'm not sure. (laughs) I have to develop this further. (laughs) Yeah, I wish a really good point. I wish the sous chef would have been like a woman instead then. Mm -hmm. That would have been an interesting twist. It's it so, so hard for women to break into like professional, the professional culinary world, which is so weird. Cause when you think of like what we consider a traditional family, mm-hmm. you know, it's always the woman who's at home cooking. That's kind of the traditionalist view. So why is it in the business world that even this profession is still a male dominated profession? Well, because you hear it all the time from chefs. They're like, I have to like take a step. When I watch Beep Bobby Flay, you know, like, and they do the chef intro, they're always like, <laughs> I, you know, I took a, I took a step back for a few years to be with my family. And, and now I'm back and better than ever. And I'm here to show the world that I can beat Bobby Flay and I still have the chops. So like what I'm saying is it's, it's because women, I guess, have to be at home with the family. Mm-hmm. That's typical of like what the industry probably thinks, right? The men. That's what the industry. Be, yeah, I would agree. Right? That's how, that's how a large majority perceives, that's how they perceive it to be or how it should yeah. be. But yeah, we disagree. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would take mom's cooking most, well, not just our mom, like most of like mother's cooking over any dad's cooking. Honestly. Any dad? Yeah. Aren't you feeding into that narrative though? 
that the mother's in the kitchen. No, I'm just talking like if, as far as just cooking food goes, women mm. are pretty good at making food. Because they do it with love. Yes. Sorry, that sounded <laughs> a little sexist. I was just trying to say power, all power to women. No, I mean, from you're from your own home experience, right? Yeah. Like our dad cooks, but mom is the one who's like, we love her food. Yeah. And, you know, we it's, love it's, her food. Yeah, yeah. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. Are there too many white people? What did we think? I actually want to hear Kiana first because you're new to this test. So off the top of your head, when you watch this movie, what do you think? I think that it was relatively diverse. Looking back, just as my first answer, no, I think it was a pretty well-balanced cast. If you look at like the two most important secondary characters, it's really Martin and Inez who are both Latin. So Mm -hmm. I think I'm like happy with the diversity in this movie. Yeah, I would say. I'm happy with the diversity, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't appreciate more diversity, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was pretty representative too of like what it is like in the in the kitchen world, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Right? A lot of the a lot of the kitchen is Latinx people Mm -hmm. and they were played by Latinx actors and actresses, right? I really like the music and stuff too. I feel like that was a big part of sort of the whole movie experience. Yeah. And I feel like that contributed a lot to sort of the authenticity of the movie and the diversity and the cultures and stuff like that too yeah no you just reminded me what i love the scene where they're in miami with inez's father in the little havana like i'm not Mm. someone who likes to leave the house ever but it makes me wish we weren't in covid so we could go to places like miami or new orleans and like go to yeah a nice cuban club you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah like even i would enjoy that yeah, it shows, me, it shows you the virus is getting to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's kind of like what I said in the beginning, I guess, like this movie relies on visuals. Like it's a very sensory oriented movie, right? Like what yeah, you see with your absolutely. eyes and what you hear. And it's really just really well done. Yeah, like I, I noted the music too, like how there are just so many like moments where they're just cooking and the music is so vibrant and loud, mm-hmm. right? Like Latino, it's just it's, it's a good time. And then the, the food, the Cuban food they're cooking just looks amazing. I didn't know there were so many different ways to make a Cuban sandwich. It was really cool. I know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, let's dive into Rotten Tomatoes and the critical, you know, general reception. And then we'll dive into trivia after that. So overall, okay, the reception was better than I anticipated. I, and it, this actually kind of surprised me too in the beginning when Kiana was saying it wasn't cheesy. It wasn't a cheesy movie. I thought that's how people would take it because there are kind of, you know, it hurt. It fucking hurt. <laughs> like, just, like <laughs> there are cheesy moments. But um, so on Rotten Tomatoes, it did. It, it got eighty-seven percent. Oh, good. And then the audience scored it at eighty-five percent. So it did relatively well. I think um, that's on par. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would rate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some um, critics, Liz Braun from the Toronto Sun, she gave it. She's a top critic. She uh, gave it a ripe review. She said it's such a treat to see such an enduring slice of life in the middle of this blockbuster season. There's not a single comic book character in sight. So this came out like May, end of May. So we're just starting summer and I was looking into what came out. Um, And actually I thought this was really ironic because of Jon Favreau's affiliation with Marvel, right? Mm -hmm. He Mm kind of, with Iron Man kind of, you know, help take off Marvel, right? So movies that came out in 2014 were Interstellar, X-Men, Days of Future Past. It was a big movie year. Hunger Games, Iron Man 3 came out in 2013, Gone Girl. There was a lot of shit happening that year. I think Winter Soldier, the second Captain America movie, came out that year too. 2014. So That's so 
I, I just want to say, like, when you think about even now, right, like we so often talk about movies that are being postponed, like today, the movies we talk about that we're worried about are, you know, Wonder Woman, the second Wonder Woman, Black Widow, Tenet, the Mulan movie, like they're all these really big movies. And yeah. it just shows you like, we're so congested with these blockbusters. And I know we had a block on blockbusters and we, we like all love those movies, but you don't often get a movie like this. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why it's an underrated movie. I probably not enough people have heard of it or seen it, but we are just yeah. in this world where it's like, we're producing blockbusters left and right. Yeah. Well, actually uh, Mulan's coming out on Disney plus, but you have to yeah, pay same extra with Black for Widow. it. You have oh. to pay $30 for it though. I didn't know that. Are you serious? Yeah. When you think about it though, it. <laughs> we're still probably going to, right. I mean, cause like if all yeah. four of us were to go see Black Widow, that right yeah. there is like what? 60 bucks if we're lucky so yeah paying 30 bucks to watch a deal, yeah, a deal. <laughs> a deal. Interesting. what are what are movie ticket prices gonna be after the pandemic they already like we're going up they were already expensive i can yeah. only imagine right <sighs> anyways we'll see uh, we gotta make it Laura- out of the pandemic alive <laughs> another ripe uh ripe review by a top critic uh lawrence Spellin from the independent uk the result is a small unashamedly feel-good movie that makes up for what it lacks in dramatic jeopardy with gentle comedy heartwarming fil- uh, family scenes ladies of food porn and time spent uh, among characters you like, which I feel is like we've, what we've all said, right? It's not too dramatic. There's an ease to this movie and it's, it's the cooking scenes are so great. Yeah. Um, and it's all a bunch of friends just got, who got together and put together a movie, <laughs> had a good time. Um, a rotten review by David Sexton uh, from London, a London evening standard said, here's chef to show us all. For now and evermore, just what a vanity project really looks like. A public service in its way. To him, I say, screw you. But he's also kind of right. (laughs) Right? We talked about this in the beginning. But it is. It's. I mean, it's the Favreau wrote it, he directed it, and he starred in it. Okay. At the same time, Ben Affleck has done that how many times? And when we watch Ben Affleck movies, do we feel like they're vanity projects? No. Or when you see A Star is Born, Bradley Cooper wrote, starred and directed in it. I mean, yeah, I actually feel like A Star you is Born is a little I was going to say. I do feel like yeah. it's a vanity project. Yeah. It is a vanity project. I think when I think of A Star is Born, I felt like Bradley Cooper was so fully devoted to that movie because he believed in it. Not Like, that's, like, especially, like, watching his interviews. So mm-hmm. I get that kind of similar vibe here. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I'll be optimistic. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying he didn't believe in this movie. There's not like a passion. There clearly is if like he's still like he like there's a whole show on Netflix now where he's cooking because he missed cooking with uh, Roy Choi is what he said. Like they stopped mm. cooking after the movie came out. But like we talked about it in the beginning. It's like it's it's is it John Favreau trying to like make an iconic new movie that's like, you know, you you say his name and you think of that? Probably. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess there's nothing wrong when you've been associated with like so much of like so many blockbusters, right? Trying to do that. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I would agree. Maybe he came home one day after directing Iron Man. He looked in the mirror and said, <laughs> hey, I kind of look like a chef. And, you know, it just took off from there. Got to work. There you go. There you go. Is Got that, to work. Is that and what you thought? He came up with a chef. <laughs> yeah, that was that was what I took away from this movie. No, but <laughs> is that what you thought? Is that what you thought when you um, were uh, Guy Fieri for Halloween one year? Yeah, I just caught a, a visual of myself out of my side eye in the mirror one day, and I said, "Wow, I would look good in a wig and some glasses." <laughs> 
And then one of the most iconic Halloween costumes was ever born. <laughs> thank you, you thank you. Amazing. <laughs> um, I did kind of want to introduce a cute little new section, thought maybe we could do some notable quotes from movies. Um, oh, I kind of okay. went through one of, you know, where Percy and uh, Carl are setting up his Twitter account. Another one is um, when Carl is first reading the, the review from the critic who tore him apart. He goes, it's up, it's up, the review's up. And then he reads it and he goes, his dramatic weight gain can only be explained by the fact that he must be eating all the food sent back to the kitchen. <laughs> Such a good line. It's a good burn. Yeah. And then I, th- then I thought another cute one for the end um, was Carl saying, I may not do everything great in my life, but I'm good at this. I manage to touch people's lives with what I do and I want to share this with you. Oh. Little little tidbit about his cooking, um, and on that note, we'll jump into trivia. Yeah. Unless uh, does anyone else have any quotes? Mm-hmm. No. It hurts. It fucking yeah. hurts. <laughs> Third Lost time it. she's mentioned. Third that. time. Third time, folks. You've had to hear it. Yeah. I all I have is the internet one I wrote down, but also Jenna didn't tell anyone about this segment, so. Oh, yeah. I thought about it on the way down here. There you go. <laughs> Moment of genius. <laughs> oh, I'm, sure. just, I'm just in my craft, you know? Yep. Some trivia. So when Favreau sought a culinary advisor for the film, we've kind of talked about this, an associate told him about Roy Choi. And actually, the Kogi food truck, I don't know if you're all familiar with it, but it's so freaking amazing. Um, that's the truck that, the food truck that Roy Choi started, and it kind of launched his career. It's basically a Korean-Mexican uh, uh, fusion. So they do sliders and kogi tacos, and it's just so good. So, yeah. So Choi had one condition on doing this. Um, he said, I'd only do the movie if it looked absolutely real. He says, from the way Carl folds his towels at the start of service to the way he cleans the station when he's done. So Choi sent Favreau to a week of intense and, uh, intensive French culinary schooling, and that's where Favreau sharpened his knife skills and learned how to make sauces and things like that. And then he started training him from there. Number two, uh, Choi and Favreau, again, we've touched on this. Um, they have a spinoff show on Netflix, The Chef Show. The friends travel to different locations um, around the world and celebrate different flavors, cultures, and people, and they just cook together. The third one, when Carl and Percy go to the movies, they're actually watching Iron Man in, from 2008. Oh, so, what? yeah, he directed that, and he appeared in that movie, and it was just a little nod to, to Marvel. And then there was a moment in the movie where they go, they stop for um, like original Texas barbecue. And so the guy in that scene, that awkward guy <laughs> who said nothing <laughs> except like, here, you get all of these meats. And that was the actual, the real owner, Aaron Frankel, Franklin from Franklin Barbecue in Austin, Texas. He's actually been awarded a James Beard Award in the category oh. of Best Chef Southwest. So that's like the most prestigious, one of the most wow. prestigious awards a chef can receive. I think it's just in the United States, honestly, the James mm-hmm. Beard Award. And then the last one, according to Favreau's, Favreau on the director's commentary for some of the road scenes, which we talk about how the visuals are amazing, right? That was actually just stock footage that was used. And the truck wow. was put in the scenes digitally. Wow. That's shocking. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, right? I'm shocked. It really, it really made you want to go to these places and do something like mm. this. But it was all just stock yeah. footage. Wow. Um, yeah, that's my trivia. Little, Thank little, you. little fun, little something to spice it up for y'all. Wonderful. Leda, did you enjoy the trivia? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know who Roy Choi was until right now. And we've only said his name ten times, and now Leda. I have to Google him. Layla, Super famous. Leda, by the way, I just want to add, has had the cast just open on her phone throughout this entire conversation. <laughs> That's how she I wants to get the facts right. <laughs> 
Maybe she's a better producer than we thought. Executive producer. There you Thank go. You <laughs> she's been promoted. <laughs> uh, all right, a couple of things to wrap this up. I guess we'll just go over general thoughts. And then Kiana, because the world has been so dark and heavy and our last episode was so dark and heavy, we're starting a new thing. Well, we started a last episode where we each go into, we say something about our week that made us happy. <laughs> so but general thoughts um i love the ease of this movie and i like that the actors were just themselves they're just having a good time yeah Yeah. i like that the friendships seem real Mm -hmm. and like the dialogue is fast like this movie feels authentic you know Mm -hmm. it feels like there could be conversations that we actually see happening in front of us yeah i really enjoyed the movie i would definitely watch it again maybe even with you all one day uh i feel like that would actually be pretty funny after uh speaking about it like this um Mm -hmm. yeah i really enjoyed the two sort of characters in my eyes who kind of redeem themselves by the end um at least from like an audience point of view uh first being carl again i think that you know wasn't a huge fan of him at the beginning by the end I was like oh maybe he's okay I think he's Mm -hmm. gonna be a better dad and a nicer human being and just overall good and then also the critic I you know from the lens of the beginning of the movie I thought this guy's the worst why would he give him (laughs) such a terrible review you know after 10 years ago he was like hey this guy's really talented but then at the end it was all just a misunderstanding and he ended up you know helping him open his restaurant so I just really enjoyed those like redeeming character arcs um, that sort of made it a full circle moment for me. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, big fan. It's nice to watch characters you want to root for. It really mm-hmm. is. Yeah. yeah. I have a question for everyone. Mm-hmm. Is this your favorite food movie? And I have some other contenders, Burnt, The Hundred Foot Journey, Julie and Julia, just some other ones. I don't know. What other cooking movies have... Oh, Ratatouille. How can you not throw Ratatouille in there? I was going right. to say Ratatouille, but I was going to wait for you guys to screw up so yeah. I could say you're wrong. It's Ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, actually, this is a tie for me between this and Ratatouille. Yeah. No, I think Ratatouille. I have to agree, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! We converted her. No, I just love Ratatouille. If you check my Instagram story highlights, I did a movie review on it, uh, you know, about a year ago, actually, and I gave it five stars. Oh we'll have you yeah. back then we'll have you back for ratatouille i gotta say ratatouille us. you know how they say what would your last meal be on death row for me that would be the last movie i'd watch i'd say guard put on ratatouille <laughs> i've Bring never me a seen plate it. of ratatouille what i've never seen any of the movies you just listed except chef so that's my favorite we'll watch movie. ratatouille tonight no no lord yes no. it's so good it's Layla. amazing it's it about back you. next week that's yeah. why. Kiana, tell us about your review about Ratatouille. Oh, sorry. You- I just, I love the character development. I love the story, <laughs> the positive messaging of anyone can cook. I really enjoyed, like, you know, life is short and leaving a legacy, I think, is really important. And just the legacy that Chef Gusteau left, yeah. I just think that's so beautiful. It was just a very uplifting movie. You know, it started out sort of in a rough place. You know, these rats, you know, not living their best lives, maybe a little (laughs) bit underfed, you know, not really doing too well, but it ended up being a really great thing. And I think that, you know, Remy and Linguini, they made a really great team. Uh, A lot of great memes have come out of this movie. I just think it was a very, you know, it was a cultural reset, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really Mm -hmm. enjoy it. 
I think everyone on the internet can agree that Ratatouille is just amazing. Do you guys have a favorite celebrity chef? <sighs> I love them all. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kiana, you don't like Bobby Flay, right? Sorry, Nada. No, I don't mind him, actually. I watched him a lot when I was traveling, and there was nothing else on but Food Network. Um, Beat Bobby Flay was a big one for me. I'm also partial to Guy Fieri. I think he's a great guy, no pun intended. And I think that, you know, he's a philanthropist. He gives back to the community. He is. He really is. he's a great talent. So, yeah. Chef Jose Andreas. We should talk about him. Uh, he he's also a guy who gives back to the community. He's been traveling around the globe since the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. giving back to communities. And right now, he's actually in Beirut, you know, handing out meals. Yeah, I think they've yeah. handed out like two, like a, a few thousand at this point, mm-hmm. doing a really amazing work. Yeah, he has a couple restaurants in D.C. And during the government amazing. shutdown a couple years ago, um, he was doing free lunches for government employees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, he's always just like he's, he's always the guy who um, does some type of charity mm-hmm. when there's a crisis going on. Yeah. Major he's a super good restaurant mm-hmm. in D.C. called Z- Yeah. 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 Z- good times there. Sorry, Layla, I cut you off. Who's one of your favorite chefs? I was just going to say, him now. I really like him. <laughs> I was going to say Ina, Gard, Ina Garten. Yeah. You can still say her. Yeah. She, she works great. for the White House. I don't House. really care about oh. chefs. Yeah. Yeah. I like Michael Simon. I love him. <gasps> so many great Always chefs. <laughs> what was I going to uh, say? My last question, because I was thinking about it the whole time. Why do you guys think we like watching people cook so much? I mean, Food Network, you brought it up, Kiana. It's a network where literally like 24 hours a day, there's someone cooking and we're just sitting and watching. I mean, what is it about watching other people with food? Even just people who go out and eat food. Like, I don't know. We're so obsessed with it. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I don't know if I have a satisfactory answer for you, but personally, I like to watch the shows and sort of, or just even the tasty videos on Facebook or whatever it is. I don't know. I like to get some ideas from them sometimes. Maybe I could be peeling an onion better. Maybe Mm -hmm. I could be adding a different spice to my food. But also that like timed component that so many of these shows have, I think makes it fun and engaging to watch. Mm -hmm. I think it's like a sensory thing. Like, you know how sex sells and like sex is like a very pleasurable thing. Like food Mm -hmm. is too. When people are cooking well and they're doing it right and it's like recorded well, that sells that mm-hmm. i think that's engaging it's all about the pleasures that's all that people care about <laughs> yeah. right? that's interesting i always think of it like uh, like there's something about it that's so lighthearted. or like for me personally like if i'm in a bad having a bad day in a bad mood but i walk outside and someone's watching barefoot contessa like it instantly lifts my mood to see Ina standing there with like three sticks of butter going, all right, folks, now there's a little butter in this recipe. She throws like all of it in a pan. Like there's something so like, yeah. And it's just like watching chefs in their pretty kitchens with like their very neat ingredients in front of them. So it's Sarah's pleasure. In a way. It's yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to add to what you both were saying and sort of, there's just that we live in kind of a hedonistic society where like, you know, pleasure is a big mm. sort of priority for a lot of people. So I think that, yeah, the Food Network shows cooking videos i think that they all do fall under that umbrella it's a really interesting point point. but kiana so you were traveling like a lot like the past year right for your work and stuff Mm -hmm. and you said you were watching food network just because it was like on but did it also like remind you of home like cooking reminds you know it's like a very homey thing right Mm -hmm. yeah it did it was it was pretty comforting yeah because these are the shows that 
you know, there's nothing else on that TV at home. We watch <laughs> on my couch in my living room, um, diner driving, <laughs> sorry, diners <laughs> driving and dives, beating Bobby Flay, all of that stuff. It was very grounding. I really felt better after watching those shows mm-hmm. for several hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had to Google what hedonistic means. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, let's get into highlights of the week. I'd say executive producer. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Let's. All right, Layla, you want to go first? Oh, it's my oh. birthday. So, happy there you go. Happy birthday. We were about to call her happy birthday. Happy birthday. birthday. <laughs> I, I, I don't think we should. It was Layla's birthday on the 12th, Wednesday. Happy birthday. Yeah. She's 17. A yeah. dancing oh. queen. Yeah, mm. I just spent the day with my friend and it was really fun. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. your turn, Sarah. My turn? Yeah. <gasps> What's something I've really enjoyed this week? Sorry. I don't know. You know, Oh, you know, we watched Ford versus Ferrari last night. And I don't know, like I walked away from, it's a movie about cars, obviously. And I walked away from this movie going, oh my God, do I like cars? Am I interested in cars now? So you could no. see it was transformative. <laughs> no, that was maybe. Yeah. What made me laugh is I was watching it with dad and mom and I was like, dad, are you a car person? Do you like cars? And he goes, no, I only like your mom. I was like, oh, dad. <laughs> God forbid you have a normal conversation with this guy. It's oh, <laughs> a classic G response. Classic G response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Kiana? Yeah, it was a pretty, pretty normal week, you know, going into five months of quarantine. But um, <laughs> I hung out a lot with my dog. I've been really into gardening recently, you know, not really successfully, but it's been really fun <laughs> to try and grow things without killing them. Yeah. That is good. Thank you. Yeah. I got a little plant from Trader Joe's, so you could say, I, you know, the garden. No, day. I mean, they're very different. Yeah, they're very you different. <laughs> you can have a green thumb. Yeah. Well, you know, only time will tell. All right, Jen. I went to a meteor uh, shower Tuesday night. So I saw like a comet come down, like a really, not not a comet, fuck, a a meteor. It was a a meteor. (laughs) I saw, it was like, like the whole, like I was there for a couple hours and like the whole night, like it was just like flashes of like a couple and they weren't huge. And then right when like the cops were like, not that we were in trouble, they let the park stay open like a couple hours extra and like right at midnight they were like okay everyone it's time to go home and right as they were saying that a huge one like streaked across the sky and that was so cool. oh wow like it it was so bright it was so cool that's so that's pretty so cool yeah did they make you guys all wear masks and stuff yeah i was wearing a mask yeah and i was on a blanket it wasn't it was like like the picnic that we went to over the weekend mm-hmm. with Kiana and Melody. That was another highlight. I saw, we saw oh, our friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there wasn't like more people in the actual park. There wasn't more people in the actual park than like what that was. And there wasn't very many, so it was fine. Yeah. 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 All right, Kiana, thank you so much for joining. We hope you had fun. We hope you'll be back to discuss Ratatouille at a minimum with us. <laughs> we would love your expertise on this movie. <laughs> Thank yeah. you guys so much for having yeah. me. It was such a pleasure. I don't Thanks know too coming. much about movies, but this has been such an experience. It okay, has. I mean, Layla demoted herself and then she promoted herself. I mean, a lot has happened. We've really been through everything. Right. Oh, I'm yeah. so Wave glad to have been on this roller coaster with you all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we love you as always, Keeks. We're happy yeah. to have you. Yeah. We have to do it love again. You guys. Course. Thanks yeah, for joining. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. And don't forget to go on our Instagram and Twitter pages for links to donate to Lebanon. 
Um, yeah. Should have stopped Wait, out there. hold on. Why? Lena, did this movie earn your respect? Oh, it did earn my respect. Okay, I good. meant to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only thing that Thank matters. Thank goodness. <laughs> only thing that matters. All right. 